0: up guys. Welcome back to the Queen of the Crime Scene podcast with me, your host, V. It's been a minute since I've uploaded. I feel like I say that every time. But uh, this time is a little different. With Venus being in retrograde, I don't know if any of my listeners are into astrology, but if you didn't currently know, right now, or actually tomorrow, on Sunday. It will be Venus retrograde, which is just it's a bad time for love, I'm sorry to say. Um it just is. Don't invest in anything right now. Um it, it's going to start from December 19th and I believe it's going to end around like January 29th. But um Mercury retrograde, I think, also hits in January of 2022. I'm trying to see now. Yes. So, Mercury retrograde will happen January 14th to February 3rd. So, Venus and Mercury will both be in retrograde at the same time. So, a lot of crazy stuff is going to go on. I know this isn't a spiritual or astrological podcast, but... I I follow it, so I wanted to put it out there and just let everybody know. Um, today, we are going to be talking about Alyssa Turney and her disappearance, but before we get into that, I want to kind of give everybody just a little bit of an update with what's going on with the podcast and things like that. Uh, I now live alone, and as rough as it is, it is surprisingly the most relaxing yet overwhelming thing in the world. A lot of the times I get lonely. Um, I feel really small in my teeny tiny apartment. Um, It really helps when my kid is here. But yeah, I've been dealing with that and kind of figuring out my feelings. Um, I've never lived alone before, completely alone. And I have, you know, my son who depends 100% on me. So, I've just been juggling a lot, so please bear with me. I know I say this in every single episode, but like I said, my life kind of got jolted at the last second, um, and I've been trying to just work and make as much money as I possibly can. And to be honest, I have been a little burnt out on these true crime cases. But I've been feeling a little bit better and I have the time to do so, so I want to talk about Alyssa Turney. Alyssa was born on April 3rd of 1983 to Barbara and Barbara, I, I can't find her last name, but her mother Barbara ended up marrying, is it raining? Yes, the bottom of the sky just fell out. Awesome. Um, her mother, Barbara, ended up marrying Mike Turney in 1986 when Alyssa was only about two or three years old, and they called themselves the Brady Bunch, and they were known as a really big and happy blended family. At one point, there were six kids living inside the home, um, but in 1992, oh, I'm sorry, I need to rewind. Now, Barbara and Mike would also add... One more child to the family who was Alyssa's half sister, Sarah. Now, majority of this story, the only children that are going to be in the home are going to be Alyssa and Sarah, and their upbringings, even though they lived together, were entirely different. But we'll get on, we'll get into that later on in the episode. Now, in 1992, Mike obtained a back injury at work, which caused him to lose his ambition and his self esteem. And shortly after the back injury in 1993, Barbara actually died of cancer when Alyssa was only eight years old. And this completely shook the family dynamic because Mike was now forced to care and work for his two girls all by himself, which in turn made Alyssa have to grow up very quickly because she was the oldest child in the home and she was now forced to kind of take on Barbara's role and look after Sarah and the home. Now, according to Sarah, Mike was very relaxed and laid back. She had no curfew, zero responsibilities, and she pretty much could do whatever she wanted. But for Alyssa, Mike was very paranoid, controlling, and strict. He was a very authoritarian, tyrant type of parent, and Alyssa wasn't allowed out and she wasn't allowed to do anything with Mike's permission whatsoever she always had an insane amount of chores and she had zero freedoms unlike sarah who had no chores no responsibilities no accountability nothing now after barbara's death mike installed cameras everywhere and he started becoming weirdly possessive of Alyssa and her activity he would show up at her job and actually sit and record her Enough that it started freaking her managers out, and they had to tell him, like, dude, you can't be up here just, like, filming your 14-year-old stepdaughter at work. Like, that's weird. Now, friends of Alyssa say that Alyssa was just an absolute ray of sunshine when she wasn't in Mike's presence. Now, fast forward to May 17th of 2001, Sarah, the younger sister, the one who was allowed to do whatever she wanted, was on a school retreat trip while Alyssa was just attending her last day of school of junior year, so she was probably about 16, 17 years old, um, Michael was supposed to pick Sarah up that day at 3 p.m. But he had failed to show because Michael claimed he had picked Alyssa up early to take her to lunch because he needed to discuss the new rules for summer vacation. Now, I want to pause here because this type of behavior is just, like, kind of gross to me. I don't know why. It just makes me feel icky. Like, ugh. I had a friend. Um, I'm not going to disclose any names But when I lived in Maryland, we used to live in these like townhome communities and they were all like courts or like cul-de-sac kind of things. And there was this girl who lived like maybe six houses down from me and her and I got to be super, super close and her dad was very much weird like this. Um, She wasn't allowed to go anywhere or do anything really if... If we did do anything together it was always at her place her dad had cameras in the house audio <clears throat> like audio i don't know players recorders in the house um he would have the girls like spy on her at school very very odd and possessive behavior it just kind of creeps me out to be honest now when michael <clears throat> finally Okay, hold on, I gotta back up. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. So, like I said, he was supposed to pick Sarah up at three, but failed to do so because he apparently had gotten caught up at lunch with Alyssa, and apparently, according to Michael, when he laid down the law with Alyssa at lunch about the rules for summer vacation, she was furious. So he decided to drop her off at home. Then he decided he was going to go and fetch Sarah, who'd had walked to a friend's house to wait for him. Now, when Michael picked Sarah up, he told her to call Alyssa because he was, quote, worried about her, end quote. She failed to answer, and when they returned home, they found a note stating, "'Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided that I really am going to California. "'Sarah, you said that you didn't want me around.' look, you got it. I'm gone. That's why I saved my money, dad. Or that's why I saved my money. Dad, I stole or I took $300 from you. Signed, Alyssa. Now, according to Alyssa's family, this wasn't the first time that they had heard of California. Alyssa had an aunt who lived in California and this was apparently someone she had desperately wanted to live with. Now, I don't know how solid that is, but that evening, Alyssa's father, or stepfather, called the police to report Alyssa as a runaway. Now, I should have said this in the beginning, but Michael was actually a retired police officer himself, and I believe they were well-known in the community. So, when he reported his daughter as a runaway, this caused the police just to not really investigate or follow up. And Michael also claimed that Alyssa called him at four to five in the morning in Riverside, California. So if she made contact and she's not really missing and Michael's saying that she is a runaway, the police are going to run with that. Now Alyssa told Michael he was the reason that she left and apparently hung up on him during that phone call at four or five in the morning. But there is no record or validity when it comes to the call. I haven't seen any phone records. I haven't seen any solid information about that whatsoever. Now, Michael began telling Sarah and his family that the police weren't doing enough to find Alyssa. And he felt as if someone did something bad to her. Um, He and Sarah actually made several trips to California to go look for Alyssa. But she was never found. And people in the community began to try and form local search parties and you know look in common areas because a lot of the time crimes do happen close to home but Michael absolutely refused and told the community to back off because the authorities had it under control which is the complete opposite of what he was telling Sarah and his family Uh, so that's a little twisted and a little weird Now, in 2006, five years after Alyssa's disappearance, a man named Thomas Hammer, a Florida prisoner, convicted of murder, took responsibility for Alyssa's murder. But the police quickly found that Heimer's confession letter was just a cry for attention. But Heimer's false confession reopened and started the investigation into Alyssa's disappearance again, and police found many holes and just... Ugh, they found a lot of holes in Michael's story five years prior. It was discovered that Alyssa, who had about $1,800 saved up to run away, was completely untouched until Michael ended up transferring that money into his own account. Her social security number has also never been used, which made police think twice about Michael's you know, record of her running away. Now police started looking into Michael Turney and they found that he had kept cameras hidden all throughout the interior and exterior of his residence and it was even said that Michael had hidden cameras in Alyssa's room and watched her inappropriately. Now police went on to ask Michael for the footage of May 17th of 2001 but Michael claimed that he deleted all of it because he had already reviewed it and there was nothing to see as well as his audio recorder that was also gone. Um, Sorry, I'm flipping through my notes here. Now, the police would go on to obtain a warrant to search Michael Turney's home where they actually found 26 homemade pipe bombs and a 90-page journal written by Michael himself. Now, in the journal, Michael claims that Alyssa ran away but believed two coworkers who didn't like him Went on to murder her. He then claims to have killed the men, but this was completely false because the men found various. Um, they found these men alive and well. Are actually, I think, no, they weren't alive. One of them died of natural causes, and I'm not sure what happened to the other one. But I know he was found. Um, I'll leave footnotes and sources down in the description. Now, police found a bunch of contracts and you know I don't even know how to like parent child contracts <gasps> written by Michael like one of some of them would say like I will not talk back sign Alyssa um, I will do the dishes every night before dad gets home signed Alyssa stuff like that now One of the contracts that was signed by Alyssa that the police found, it was, oh my gosh. Okay. I don't even know how to say this. So one of the contracts that Alyssa signed stated that she had never been sexually assaulted, which is very weird. Like why would your stepdad ever make you sign something like that? If my stepdad ever came to me with something like that, I would immediately, first of all, we would throw hands. I don't give a fuck. Second of all, I would call the police immediately. Like, no way, dude. No way. Um, And I'm not saying that in any ill way towards Alyssa whatsoever. I'm just saying, like, could you, I'm just saying it's not normal for a step-parent or any parent to make their child sign any kind of document like that. That is just so inappropriate to me. Now, many people later spoke out claiming that Alyssa confided in them and claimed that Michael had been sexually uh, assaulting her from day one as long as she had remembered him. Now, Alyssa's high school boyfriend said that once, one time Alyssa had told him that Michael had driven her out into the middle of nowhere and tried to have sex with her. But nothing was ever done. Um, many wonder if this has to do with the fact that Michael was once a police officer and a service member of the military. Like I said, I don't know if he was well known in the community or if he was like looked up to, but Alyssa also told a close friend that Michael would often get aggressive and really mean and nasty with Alyssa when she would deny his advances. Now, Michael Turney would later go on to serve 10 years for the pipe bomb incident. I'm just throwing that information in there because it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't really tie into Alyssa's case. Maybe it does, but I don't see why the man would need pipe bombs. Maybe he was making them and selling them and making money. I don't know. Um... Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Now, Michael would then go on and tell police his version of May 17th, 2001. And police found out that Alyssa was actually checked out of school fairly early before lunchtime by Michael, which he did not originally tell police. While he was in prison for the pipe bombs, Michael was diagnosed with paranoid, I believe it was schizophrenia. No, just a paranoid personality disorder. now he was released from prison in 2017 and sarah demanded answers from her father but even after talking for over an hour at lunch he refused to speak on Alyssa. michael claimed that he would tell sarah the answers on his deathbed which is absolutely chilling because that just shows you that he knows something now on august 21st of 2020 Almost 20 years after Alyssa's disappearance, Michael was arrested in connection with the case. Sarah felt major relief hearing the news about her father's fate, and he was now facing a second-degree murder charge. But as of December 18th of 2021, he still hasn't gone to trial. I believe COVID has pushed it back. I don't know if they're still reviewing evidence or building a case or what is going on but as of right now i'm not sure i couldn't find out if he got on bond or not but if you want to know more like in-depth personal stuff about this case sarah herself has a podcast where it is very personal over there i will leave that in the description down below as well um The name of the podcast is called uh, Voices for Justice, I believe. Is this it? Yes. Voices for Justice. Um, You can find it on Apple Podcasts. I believe you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, But with that being said, is there a motive for Michael? I think yes. I think that at some point... Michael was angry that Alyssa had gotten a boyfriend. I think at one point, um, I don't know, like I said, Alyssa claims that Michael had been inappropriate with her from day one. So if that's true, I wonder if when Barbara died, Michael was finally like, yes, I can morph Alyssa into this role that I want her to be, Um, and I think that that backfired on him. And I also wonder if Michael tried to advance on Alyssa and she denied it and he attacked her which could have resulted in her death at lunch. Um, It's also possible that Alyssa was telling people and it was kind of getting out that Michael wasn't this great single dad that everybody thought he was. Also Michael could have been very angry that she wanted to go to California if that's true. So, those are just my possible motives that I'm throwing out there. Like I said, I don't try to jump on here and be a web sleuth crime solver uh, because I'm just not educated enough and I don't think that that's fair. There are people who go to school for this. Um, I'm just here to tell a story and to get the information out. But, in my opinion, as sad as this is, and I mean no disrespect. I don't believe Alyssa is alive. I truly, If Michael claims that he's going to tell Sarah on his deathbed, I don't think that it's ever going to come out or Alyssa's ever going to come up alive. Also, just based off of the eerie facts that we know, um, I just don't think it's plausible. Also, it's been almost 20 years and like we said, her social security number's never been used. Um, $1,800 really isn't that much, especially when you're going into California. I know it was in the nineties, but or early two thousands, but still, um, also being 16, 17 years old, it's very unlikely that you're going to make it all by yourself. Um, so yeah, with that being said, I'm not sure when I'm gonna get another podcast up. I've been trying to really keep myself occupied and focus on my mental health and being a good mom and working really hard. And I love this podcast with all of my heart and I'm so grateful for those who listen in and who care about these people and who care about me. Um, But yeah, I'm gonna jump off here. I've got some plans tonight. I'm really nervous, I'm really excited. Um, I haven't been out in a really long time and it's really cool cause like I can just do that now. I don't have to like look over my shoulder and be like, Hey, can I go out? Or like, I don't know. It's just really nice. And I used to be really scared of being alone and trust me, I still am, but like I'm basking in it in the same time because I can do whatever the hell I want. And that's awesome. So peace out. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you in the next podcast. All of the information in today's podcast is easily accessible online and you yourself can easily view it up. All I've done in this episode is mixed it, or not mixed it, but put it all together for you in kind of a chronological order. All of the sources and footnotes and things like that are down in the description below. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram. I'll leave the link down there for you. Um, See you later, y'all.